Hi there, this is Peter Bergman. This is your Daily Oz podcast, and this is the podcast for September 1st, 2011. Proving once again that everything you know is wrong. We made it to September 1st, and this time next year we're going to be hip deep in the 2012 election. I'm going to make a little prediction here. I think it's going to be Barack Obama versus Rick Perry of Texas. And you might say, wow, that's really odd. I mean, Perry is not just a conservative. He's a dyed-in-the-wool reactionary. He's a theocrat. He doesn't believe in the separation of church and state. He hates Social Security. He's totally corrupt. He's a mixture of Elmer Gantry and Huey Long. Yes, I think it's going to be Rick Perry. And you know what? I think he is the natural result of what the Republican Party has been doing in the second half of the 20th century. There's basically two moments of the Republican Party in the 20th century. The first at the beginning with McKinley and with Teddy Roosevelt and and Taft and Harding and Coolidge and Hoover, all very kind of straight-laced, really stuffy guys. Of course, a lot of people were stuffy back then, and some of them, though, were really weird, like Woodrow Wilson, who thought that with his brain alone, he could solve the world's problems. Well, the fact is, in 1932, it all changed, and FDR came tromping in with his New Deal. And five terms later, almost four by FDR and almost two by Truman, it was Democrats all the way down the line. The Republicans were totally out of office. They took a few, you know, Senates and a few Houses now and then, but they were backbenchers and they hated it. And in 1948, they thought that Tom Dewey, the little guy on the wedding cake, was going to tromp Harry, but he gave them hell. And so it wasn't until 1952 that they could win the presidency. And they were bitter, and they were angry, and they saw the world as being filled with enemies. When World War II was over, what did they think of? A brand new world, build the commonwealth, help the poor? No, they went looking for enemies, commies. And the two big commie uh, catchers were Senator Joe McCarthy and Richard Milhouse Nixon. Nixon was a real red baiter. When he ran against Helen Gahagan Douglas, he said she was pink down to her underwear. He's the one that prosecuted the Alger Hiss case. He was a red baiter. And he was vice president of the United States. Eisenhower, his president, was a basically fine man, a great war hero, a true middle-of-the-roader, and a guy that had worked with the biggest you know, companies and armies. He'd worked with Montgomery and Churchill, all kinds of sons of bitches. So he wasn't overpowered by the scene, and he had a lot of self-esteem. Not Nixon. Nixon was then and forever a paranoid and soon schizophrenic. He saw the whole world as his enemies. And that has become the Liet motif of the Republican Party since then. Okay, Kennedy comes in. Oh, I mean, Nixon hated the Kennedys. He was totally humiliated. So he drops out, but he remains basically the doyen of the Republican Party. They said, oh, we don't have Dick to kick around anymore. He went out and he campaigned for everybody and he brought in a lot of markers. So in 1968, he ran and won. And who did he, uh, you know, who did he come after? Lyndon Johnson, another Texan like Perry, but a different man, a tough man, a tumbler, a man that knew how to run the Senate. But when he became president, he turned to the poor and the oppressed 
and he worked for the Great Society. Yes, he had Vietnam hanging around his neck, a great kind of Greek tragic situation, but he was a man who believed in ameliorating the suffering of the poor and building the Great Society. Not Richard Nixon, not the Republican Party. When they came to power in 1968, all he thought about was enemies. Everybody was out to get him. The press were out to get him. He had enemy lists. And the very people that helped him screw over his enemies, the dirty tricksters, are with us today. Pat Buchanan, Roger Ailes, Karl Rove, they were all 20-somethings back in the Nixon administration, pulling dirty tricks, rat-fucking the enemies, as they said, and they're with us today. They made their bones in the psychotic atmosphere of the Nixon administration, and they're still punks. But now they're grown-up punks. They are the godfathers of the dysfunctional Republican Party that will choose Rick Perry as their standard bearer. This is Henry Kissinger for War Crimes Airlines. Being an indicted war criminal in 20 countries around the world can be a real pain in the butt. And with a butt like mine, that's some pain. Globetrotten have gotten real rotten for yours truly. I can't get a quick banger in London anymore or go moose diving in Paris or cut off a little schnitzel in Vienna. I was hounded and grounded, but now I'm flying high on War Crimes Airlines. I drop my ass in first class and wing off to Albania, Sudan, Borneo, Bahrain, and Tierra del Fuego. The scenery's not resting, but they aren't either. So, before they haul you off to Den Haag, use your frequent felony miles and get out of jail free on War Crimes Airlines. I'm Henry Kissinger, and I'll be back. So goodbye to Nixon. He was caught in his criminal machinations. And we come to the Reagan administration. How did Ronald Reagan become president of the United States? It's simple. The Republican Party decided to reach out to the evangelicals in this country to forget about separation of church and state again. They worked inside those churches and they organized the evangelicals and they became their new base. And that's what did it. Absolutely. A man named Richard Vigory came to them with computer tapes filled with the names of churchgoers, mainly evangelicals, Pentecostals, not Unitarians, and said, this is your new base. Well, these people are Manichaeans. They see the world as black and white. If you agree with us, and if you agree that the Bible is inerrant and you are a true Christian, then you go to heaven. Otherwise, you go to hell. And that tradition and that strategy continued to work for them. Now, Bush's father was a traditional, the last of the mainstream Republicans to become president. East Coast, an elitist, a Yaley. His father was a senator from Connecticut who was big in promoting Planned Parenthood. He was indeed, of course, the head of the CIA, so he had a few secrets of his own. And then we come to his son, W. W., a dry alcoholic, who rather than joining the program, went to the evangelical church in his area and became sober by coming to God. 
The problem is, is that for eight years, we had a president of the United States who, instead of taking his final orders from his advisors or his cabinet or Congress or pundits at the end, it was the angry old white man with the big beard above who was speaking in his ear, telling him to invade Iraq, which was, again, a personal issue. We have W roaming the halls of the White House muttering, that son of a bitch, that son of a bitch, who's saying he tried to get my dad killed. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And he did get him, and we're still paying for it. Yeah, he ruined the economy, he ruined our foreign policy, he wrecked our nation, and gave it all over to Obama, who now has to deal with these terrible problems. Well, you may not like the way that Obama... Operate. You may not think he's tough enough. You may not think he's left enough. But the fact is, scandal-free operation, separation of church and state, works with the Congress, a real small-D Democrat. But what about the Republicans? Well, the mainstream Republicans, Dole and McCain, all of these slightly sane people were washed away, defeated, couldn't handle it, and in their place comes the Rick Perrys, the theocrats, the Elmer Gantries, including the Elmira Gantry, Miss Bachman. They're just rabble-rousers. They're not thinkers. That's another problem in this very, very difficult and complicated time in our domestic and international history. We need subtle thinkers. We need people who know how to work with teams of their peers. Not Rick Perry, not Michelle Bachman. No, these are loners. Perry particularly. Not a curious man, a clever man, but an ignorant man, and a man who has been supported by some of the most reactionary and corrupt people in the history of American politics. So that's what we face in 2012. On one hand, we have Obama and the Democratic Party and hopefully the independents behind him who try to see some real light at the end of the tunnel. People who have the best interests of America in general at heart. Not to say that Obama isn't tied hand and wrist to some of those people on Wall Street. Nobody's perfect. But on the other hand, you basically are left with Rick Perry. Yes, Rick Perry. The end of the Republican Party. They've been losing it for 30 years. Demographically, they are disappearing. They're in the hands of the Tea Party. Angry, old white people, more racist than we'd like to believe, who are dying every day and they aren't picking anybody up. The Hispanics are totally Democrats because they've never been let inside the big tent unless they let them in to like sweep up and then leave. African Americans, they've lost them long ago. Soccer moms, independents, it's going away. We're heading towards a one-party democracy, a problem in and of itself. But right now we face the end of the Republican Party. Hey, it's scary. If Perry's nominated, which I think he will be, he's got a 50-50 chance to be president on one level. I mean, someone could kill Obama. He could have a stroke. There could be this scandal that I don't believe exists. But who knows? The fact is that we may be looking at someone even more frightening than Sarah Palin. As Confucius says, we are truly doomed to be living in interesting times. And all I know and I think you have to ask yourself the same question. Is it possible that everything you know is wrong?